Hello, you're listening to Trends Distilled, a podcast series from independent family-owned premium spirits company, William Grant & Sons. From the nationwide closure of bars and restaurants to changes in the way we work, shop and socialise, the drinks industry, like many others, has faced a challenging time. So to navigate this new environment, the distiller behind brands such as Hendrix Gin, Glenfiddich and the Balveni explores insightful predictions using the findings of its annual trends report. I'm Tanya Breyer, and in each episode, I'll be joined by a series of guests to delve into this new research, looking at the evolving habits, values and lifestyles of UK consumers, from the short-term disruption of COVID-19 to the impact of changes that are here to stay. We'll also be letting you in on a few trade secrets, washed down with perfect cocktail recipes from some incredibly talented bartenders. Well, hello and welcome back to Trends Distilled. In our virtual bar this week, we're going to find out how to make a delicious low-alcohol cocktail while we talk about health and well-being. We know that the pandemic has had a huge impact on our health, either directly or because it highlights the need for us to take better care of ourselves and others around us. But how does our health influence what we buy and who we buy it from? Well, here to explain that is Tamara Lawson, Head of Strategic Planning and Insights at William Grant & Sons. She's going to walk us through the biggest health trends shaping the market. I'm also joined by Callum Fraser, the UK brand ambassador for Etopia. Etopia is a low alcohol spirit made by William Grant. And also, I'm very pleased to introduce Charlotte Holmes, who's head of yoga for Virgin Active UK and an all-round well-being superstar, and to Liam, our fabulous virtual bartender. Welcome to all of you, Liam, Charlotte, Tamara, and Callum. How are you? Hello. Hello. Very well. Well, it's great to have you join me. Thank you so much. And let's start with our cocktail. So our very talented bartender, Liam, who's opening up a new bar, Fleur, in Glasgow. Can you tell us what are you making for us today and what do you call it? Yeah, so today we'll be making a, a no-alcohol twist on a gin fizz um, that we have aptly named High and Dry. Oh, that sounds great, Liam. And I'm just going to remind everyone at home that William Grant has very kindly delivered to all of us a basket of ingredients. So by the miracle of podcast science, the rest of us who are at home can all try this cocktail. So show us what to do, Liam. Yeah, perfect. So the first thing we need is a cocktail shaker of some sort for this drink. I myself have recycled a little jam jar here, nice and safe um, and eco-friendly too, since we are talking about wellness. What I have first, and everyone should have in front of them, uh, is aquafaba, which is chickpea brine. Um, So that's essentially just the water that chickpeas are are left in and uh, and canned in. So I'm going to use about 20 millilitres for this particular cocktail. We have the juice of half a lemon. Yeah. After that, we've got a salted honey mix. So this is manuka honey that we've used. A cup of manuka honey, a cup of water, and some salt, which brings me to a 
Dystopia Space Citrus. So this is an ultra low alcohol spirit, 0.5% ABV, which stands for alcohol by volume. Um, you'd like a little bit of alcohol in your low alcohol spirits. Um, alcohol does kind of change the way your, your mouth um, kind of contacts with flavour. It evaporates in your mouth and kind of allows like lighter notes of like citrus and orange blossom uh, to rise to the top and really complement the cocktail. I'm going to use 60 millilitres. Right. Which is roughly about one American shot glass, two fluid ounces if that's your thing. Lovely. And we're just going to ice this up. So I've got some ice in my fancy fridge freezer behind me. We're going to fill the jam jar about halfway th to the top. Allow some space for the cocktail to aerate. Also give it enough ice to chill. Fantastic. Put our lid on top and do our thing. Little shake. Brilliant. Yay, come on, shake everyone. I'm going to hear that all. Well done, Tamara. Come on, Callum. The most fun bit, yes. isn't it? Just going to top this up with soda. Yeah. Lastly, we have black pepper here. I'm sure most people have got it in their home. Just a little screw of black pepper on the top of the drink. Brings out the kind of darker spices in the Atopia Spice Citrus. Complements the whole drink well. Et voila. Cheers. High and dry. Fantastic, Liam. Thank you so Cheers. much. Cheers, everyone, Ooh. and good health. Mm. Oh, yes. That's great, Liam. Oh, that's delicious. Lovely. Refreshing. Thank you, Liam. Very refreshing. Callum, what do you think is driving this rise in the popularity of low and no alcohol drinks in the past year? I think I read that sales were up 30% during lockdown. People are drinking less generally too, aren't they? What do you put that down to? There's a number of factors. Um, obviously, lockdown being one of them. Um, we're all trying to take better care of ourselves uh, these days. And, and that is being pushed by, by the sort of millennial generation, if you want to call them that, that are coming through at the moment. Um, we can see... The rise in NOLO alcohol is maybe not so visible on a day-to-day -day basis, but if you look at something like the rise of uh, affordable gym memberships, we've all seen the, the increased number of uh, affordable gyms or easy access gyms in, in city centres and towns over the past couple of years. Um, and if you look at the numbers, it actually mirrors really, really closely to the rise in no and low alcohol sales in the UK. Tamara, how does that tie in with the trends that you've uncovered? Health has already been a really big trend over the last few years. We talked about it back in our Trending 2020 report. We're seeing a growth in knowledge which is empowering consumers. We've moved from a world where health is about no nasties and missing out on the delicious stuff to understanding that health is about holistic well-being. What I eat, what exercise I do, what environment I'm in, even the time I spend on technology will all impact how I feel. COVID-19 has had a significant impact on many aspects of our health, so it makes sense that we're more focused on it. And we've seen particular trends accelerate due to COVID. For example, hygiene. There's this direct biological threat of the disease. And for some anxious individuals, controlling their surroundings is essential to their well-being. Uh, we've seen a growth of 8% spend on household cleaning products. And for this anxious crowd, hygiene will dictate where they go and what they buy. And we've seen brands partnering to convince shoppers of their own hygiene. For example, Dettol and TfL joined up to talk about the safety of buses and tubes in London. 
Another more positive angle on the health trend that we're seeing is that people have a little bit more time for themselves to be more proactive about their nutrition, exercise and mental resilience. So if you if you don't have that commute to work, we're seeing people spending a little bit more time on themselves, or that was before um, homeschooling came back in. Barkicard reported that they'd seen a growth in home sports and exercise shopping up about 24% month on month from last year. Yeah, you were talking about exercise there, of course, Tamara. And Charlotte, you've been taking virtual classes, haven't you? And how challenging has the period been for the fitness industry, do you think? I think there was panic at the very beginning. It suddenly went from, oh my goodness, we can't get to a gym, what do we do next? And fitness online existed before COVID, but it just had this really accelerated journey through lockdown one, where myself included and every fitness instructor yoga teacher that I know suddenly went online and they were doing Instagram lives or Zoom classes or you name it they tried it and um it was it was a real learning curve I think for everybody because it's a real challenge to teach people virtually as you can imagine versus teaching people in person so um it was yeah interesting to watch people adapt um Luckily, I had been teaching prior to COVID online, so had a little bit of experience, but it was interesting to see the transition. And for the fitness industry on a whole, I think it just accelerated an inevitable journey. We were going to come online more. It was going to be an offering that was going to exist more. Um, and that's just, it just brought it straight to the surface. So uh, yeah, almost every studio I've ever worked in now has an online offering and I'm at Virgin now and we ourselves have an on-demand service so you can train with us whenever you want. Do you think that some of these changes that the pandemic has brought about in the way we behave, do you think we'll expect them to last tomorrow? Yeah, I think it's really interesting what Charlotte was saying about um, that these kind of trends were already existed but they've they've just accelerated we know that from from data that 33 percent of people are saying they're doing more exercise and 23 percent say that they're eating healthier since the first lockdown people are really hungry for knowledge i think about health and like how to do it proactively and i think this thirst for knowledge and this the fact that these trends already existed and have just been accelerated means that even when the vaccine comes, even if we're all desperate to get out and have a bit of fun and forget about health for just a millisecond, I'm pretty sure that this kind of understanding and caring about health and wellness is kind of here to stay really for the long term. Absolutely. It's just, I think being indoors with yourself has forced everyone to think a little bit closer about what's important to them firstly. And you've had to sort of face I know it's been an anxious year for lots of people. They've had to face kind of themselves in a way. And it's kind of got everyone to go back to square one and think about what is important. How do I want to fill my day to day? And if you can't go out and see your friends, well, what what can I do to to make help myself, make myself feel feel good, feel better? What does that look like? And essentially, you know, I could go on about this forever, but, you know, movement and, and keeping fit, whatever you want to call it, a workout, that moving your body is something that's always going to be um, something that, you know, generates a good feeling within you. And no matter how that looks, that can be yoga, it can be weightlifting, it can be going for a walk, it doesn't really matter. But I think it's definitely brought that to the forefront of people's minds. If they didn't do it before, it's something that they're going to keep doing because it's evident that it makes them feel better. 
well, I'm going to exercise my arm. I'd like all of you to, <laughs> to take you high and dry and have another little sip. And I just wanted to ask you, um, how would you normally drink a topia if it's not in this, in the cocktail, this amazing cocktail that we're having now? So there's lots of lovely ways to drink a topia. There's nothing wrong with an atopian tonic, either with a slice of orange or a slice of lemon. It makes a, a beautiful long drink. Um, but for those that are, that are looking to do something a little bit different, um, just as a substitute for, for any real traditional white spirit or even something a little bit more interesting. And it's not about complete abstinence. It's not about necessarily 0% cocktails. You could also make... Um, some really lovely low alcohol cocktails and just m moderating your intake rather than completely cutting out alcohol. So instead of having an 18 to 15% alcohol by volume margarita, which probably has, um, you know, sort of one, one and a half units of alcohol in it, uh, you could make a, a really lovely 4% alcohol by volume margarita, which would probably have uh, something closer to a quarter or a half uh, a unit of alcohol. And that makes your, your your evening last a lot longer. It makes your drinks last a lot longer. Yeah, it's interesting, Cam, because it's not just our physical health that's been affected by the pandemic. A, a lot have really struggled with mental health difficulties during lockdown, especially in the on-trade and hospitality industry. Well, yeah, the the, the hospitality industry is, is has really suffered. I know myself. I've I've hosted people for thirteen to fourteen years, um, in one capacity or another. And that's just been completely taken away from me. And I, I've by far not been the worst affected. Atopia have tried to assist in, in any way they can. We were running uh, laughter sessions or laughter yoga, yoga, which we know can have a, a positive impact um, on people's uh, mental well-being. And it's something that's, that's really, really great for people that don't necessarily do a lot of exercise. It can be a sort of gateway to help your mental state. We've been doing fundraising for the Drinks Trust as well. So um, in doing that, we've, we've raised over £20,000 for the Drinks Trust. Yeah, I mean, that's great that you've raised such you know good funds. And Liam, of course, you've got some personal experience of this. How are you managing to keep yourself and your team positive now, Liam? I think um, there's a certain sink or swim aspect of this year that the industry's found itself in. So um, I, um, up until recently, was the general manager of a bar in, in the city centre of Glasgow, um, and we were all placed on furlough. Um, kind of kept in touch. We were doing things like quiz nights. Um, we were kind of just phoning each other on and off. And when we were allowed to, we were kind of going walks with each other, just kind of in small groups, making sure our mental health was kind of there to talk about. But I think the onus was on each individual to, to kind of look after themselves, that um, hospitality is an industry where you spend a lot of your life, if not in work, kind of around your work and around people that work around you. So I think when you, you were kind of thrown into that deep end, a lot of people found that there was, there was spaces in their life to kind of adapt to a bit more of a kind of wellness programme that they could implement themselves. And that could have been anything from drinking a little bit less to a lot of my friends now kind of run 5 to 10k every day. Um, set themselves personal bests and try to better them month on month. A lot of them have lost quite a lot of weight, not myself, unfortunately, but I think it's just really a matter of keeping the conversation open, finding out what other people around you are doing um, and seeing if they can help with that as well. I think listening listening to them, listening to what, what they've been up to that day um, and just adapting it to your own programme as well. Yeah, I think that's right, uh, Liam. And, and Charlotte, how, how important do you think mindfulness is in taking care of yourself? And is wellness something that Virgin Active is prioritising? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like Liam said, that 
just that thing where you think, oh, I'm just going to check in with that person. That act in itself is mindfulness, right? It's that moment where you, you, you really re- you're really reactive with the with the present you're not worrying about what you're doing later you're not worrying about what's just happened it's very much like well what can i do here and now to essentially make this moment feel good and that can really be anything right just from stopping and taking a few deep breaths um laughter yoga holding a smile for like 10 seconds plus releases hormones in your body that make you feel better there's lots of tiny little tips and tricks that you can do to incorporate mindfulness i think it's easy to get overwhelmed with the idea that in order to become more mindful you must suddenly start doing 10 million hours of yoga a week and actually it's really not the case it's like how can we strip this back and make it accessible and make it something that everyone can implement into their day-to-day their you know, there, there, and there's so many different things you can do. And we've definitely at Virgin Active taken it on board. In fact, we've recently hired, we're the first big gym to do it in the UK, hire a head of exercise wellness. Um, and it's going to be someone that's essentially looking at how can I implement those strategies within the gym to make sure that our members have access to that, that they can have, so they can come into the gym and rather than just worrying about their physical, their external shell, which essentially is what most gyms are focused towards, it's How can I make myself feel better? And, you know, if you start moving your body, eventually, eventually the other stuff will come. The weight loss, the muscle gain, the this, that and the other will will be a byproduct, but it's always going to make you feel better. It's always first things first going to be good for your mind and good for your mental health. I just want to say, I think that's absolutely fascinating, like the new approach for, for Virgin. And um, it like chimes, like I was looking at data on people's spending habits and actually um, during COVID, people are spending actually less money on clothes and on cosmetics, as you could kind of understand, because we're unable to socialise as much. And then thinking about this kind of growth in people understanding about holistic wellness, it's just so interesting to hear you guys actually um, taking that trend and kind of saying well this is let's talk to people more about this this kind of how we can make how this all makes you feel good as opposed to it being like overtly about how I look yeah I mean it's a big leap because ultimately it's very easy to sell a gym program that helps you lose 10 pounds it's easy it's the done thing right but hell we've done it before like that's not that's not that's not good for anyone really you know, there are certain situations where weight loss needs to be a goal for health reasons, fine. I'm not saying that we should take that away altogether, but shouldn't the focus be on making ourselves feel better, how we feel within ourselves? So yeah, it's gonna, um, hopefully we're leading the charge there. I hope so anyway. (laughs) Yeah, it's so important. And Tamara, of course, in your research for Trending 2021, it showed that many of us do want to take better care of ourselves. But the economic reality of this pandemic means that not all of us can afford to. Can you tell me a bit about that? The World Bank is forecasting the deepest global recession since World War II. Personal finance health has already been suffering. We expect spend on health products to reduce as they are more expensive than the alternative, especially within food and drink. However, the tension between value placed on health right now due to the pandemic means we expect the decline to be less than the 2008 recession. Inequalities have also been emphasised by the virus from an age point of view, but also socioeconomically, highlighting the role that external factors play in your health as well. For example, your environment 
um, whether you have a big flat or a small flat or access to outside space. Interestingly, government policy is also addressing this. We've seen progressive governments such as New Zealand bring to life in 2019 the wellbeing budget addressing differences between the haves and the haves-nots. And we've also seen big investment in our environments in the UK, for example, the introduction of cycle lanes and the kind of move towards low traffic neighbourhoods. Often what's good for the environment is also good for individuals' well-being. Charlotte, I know Virgin Active were posting free workouts. How important is it that products don't have to be expensive, that you can get healthy and not have to spend a lot? The idea that health is expensive is is just is just utter rubbish yes there are expensive products out there but what what is health to you i think ultimately it's about working out what what does health mean and it's so different from individual to individual that actually to bracket something and say this is a healthy drink might not necessarily be a healthy drink for someone else it's all about moderation right if you drink just this probably not going to be very good for you if it's the only thing that you drink over and over you've got to have a balance of other things and I think it comes the same with anything that you implement into your life with wellness if you just do yoga and that's the only exercise that you do is that necessarily healthy I mean you know you start to sort of decide for yourself what what is it that my body needs and I think it comes back to that being in the present moment can you can you bring yourself back to you know day to day and going okay so today how do I feel do I want to go for a run do I want to go for a walk outside two things that you can do for free may I add so not health uh, not expensive but are they going to make me feel better or do I just want to sit on my yoga mat on the floor and have a bit of a stretch do I need to ring a friend and have a conversation is that going to be my exercise for the day my mental exercise to make me feel better heaps of ways I think step take a step back healthy isn't expensive. All brands are really focusing a bit more, aren't they, on health and self-care in a more positive way, Tamara? Yes. um, I think consumers are turning away a little bit from their GPs for this kind of health advice and more to brands and influencers, um, which is kind of understandable as we're kind of potentially a bit scared of visiting the doctor at the moment. And uh, we're spending way more time on our devices. I think we've talked quite a lot or about the point that knowledge is power. And we see from the trends in data tech and health that brands can have a really, um, and and what Charlotte was saying, brands can have a really positive role to play in encouraging people to consider ways that they can look after proactively their well-being and their self-care. So, for example, the alcohol industry can give people kind of lower ABV alternatives of the kind of regular drinks that we drink, or obviously this option of a delicious Utopia cocktail, which therefore I can be part of a social occasion and feel like I'm not missing out. And I think brands can also give people really positive messages about self-care and imparting that knowledge to them about how to live with balance and to live better. 
Well, it's so interesting and it's so good to hear from all of you today about how we can live better and help each other. And thank you so much to all of you, Tamara, Charlotte, Callum and to Liam for your high and dry. (laughs) But sadly, we've got to leave everyone high and dry right now because that's all we've got time for. So thank you so much to everyone for joining us today. Really, really enjoyed it. And in the next episode of Trends Distilled, we're going to be talking about the boom in e-commerce and how all that clicking away on Amazon is changing our expectations. Until next time, stay safe. If you'd like to find out more about the trending 2021 research we've been discussing today, you'll find the full report at williamgrant.com forward slash trending 2021. To continue this discussion and to find the recipe for the amazing cocktail we created, head over to at William Grant UK on Instagram or find us on LinkedIn. Thank you so much for listening to today's Trends Distilled.